Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome everyone to another Pageant Planet podcast. This is a podcast for contestants who want to be inspired and discover how to win the crown. Today, Jessie Ledoux, our queen of coaching, and myself are covering the life of Olivia Coppel. She's one of the leading influencers in the fashion and beauty world, an iconic runway and print model, and of course, Miss Universe 2012. And being the 15th woman to win Miss Universe for the USA may seem like the highlight of Olivia's life. She had so many other accomplishments ahead of her, and winning the title of Miss Universe has its ways of propelling women to be at the forefront of their career pursuits. Olivia is known as one of the top women in modeling and fashion worlds as we know it. She serves her iconic fashion looks on social media and her website, oliviacopal.com, and those who want to live that OC lifestyle. Well, Olivia has modeled for some of the hottest brands, including Sports Illustrated and Maxim, she is not just one to model the latest fashion trends. Olivia has been hands-on in several fashion collaborations, such as Express and Marled and others, which we'll hear about. She is just as creative and involved in the business side as she is in front of the camera. To no surprise as well, Olivia has put her acting skills to the test and has appeared in music videos, television shows, and movies. As a result of all of her varied success, she has a net worth of approximately $10 million now. Hey. Hey, girl. How did this sweet girl next door from Rhode Island shift gears to drive right to the top of being one of the most well-known Miss Universes even eight years later? Let's find out. Olivia was born in Cranston, Rhode Island to her parents, Gus and Sophie. Olivia was the middle child of five siblings, and she remembers getting along with her siblings and the occasional argument or two between them. But who doesn't bicker with their siblings, I guess? I know I sure did. Her parents were are, are the co-owners of several Boston businesses, cafes, and restaurants, which sparked Olivia's culinary interest ever since she was uh, at a younger girl. Olivia came from a large Italian family, which sparked a tradition of a large pantries and food. Large parties and food. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, large parties and food. You got food. a little uh, dot on your monitor, I think. Yes, you yes. I feel my eyes were going uh, crossed by reading it. Okay. <laughs> Olivia began the cello in the second grade from her parents' encouragement, and this became something she continued to pursue throughout her education. She performed with the Island Philharmonic Youth Orchestra, the Rhode Island Philharmonic Chamber Ensemble, and the Bayview Orchestra, and the Rhode Island All-State Orchestra. Well, at times, Olivia felt um, her talent set her apart from the other kids in the kind of way that you don't want to be set apart as a child. But as she grew older, she learned to appreciate this unique talent. And she also knows that her great posture must come from playing the cello, and she built up strength in her arms from holding up the instrument. A cellist is essential to every ensemble in any orchestra, so Olivia played a very important role with each group she performed with. She also attended the Brevard Music Center located in North Carolina and has performed with the Boston Accompanietta. Um, playing in the orchestra is a intellectually demanding and stimulating experience that commands full um, one's full attention. And this was a great opportunity for Olivia to tune into her creative and performance abilities that would be utilized in her future pageant and modeling career. 
Another interesting fact about Olivia's childhood music career was that she attended band camp for four years as a teenager. Playing the cello and going to band camp doesn't exactly scream Miss Universe when you're a kid. I bet she probably stuck out like a sore thumb in uh, in band camp in these different places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So part of Olivia... Um, knew that she wasn't going to pursue music professionally. After graduation, she went on to attend Boston University in Massachusetts to focus studying in business, communications, and acting. It was important for her not to waste time partying, so she would visit her family on the weekends, studied, and made the dean's list every semester. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause. I know we have a coaching moment in a little bit, but I want to pause here too. I have had so many contestants as clients that they excel in pageantry in their in their younger years and as soon as they get to high school they don't want to miss out on a lot of things and in college even more they want to be able to post photos in scandalous bikinis they want to post photos while they're out drinking with their friends and i i'm sure they're creating amazing memories but i always hate to see contestants with great promise and great opportunity um, deviate from that just because they want to feel like a, a regular girl. And I totally get it. And there's no shame if you just, you know, you lose that pageant, um, that pageant passion. But I love the Victor- uh, that, um, that Olivia said here that she's like, you know what? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to party. I want to focus on what I'm here to do. And I am sure that that helped set her up for success. So for any contestants whose long-term plan is to win a major title like Miss Universe, Miss World, Miss Earth, and the list goes on and on, like think about that when you're trying to divvy up your use of time and where you put your passions. So, and see, think about that. She sacrificed this for a short period of time. And now like all you do is see photos of her in glamorous places where she's shipping champagne by like beautiful sceneries and stuff. So there is so much time for that. And like even using myself as an example, my my first time having a glass of wine was I was 23. So <laughs> way, way, way later adapter um, to that kind of lifestyle and right so but now it's like if you sacrifice in the beginning and focus on building your craft you've the rest of your life to enjoy it there's a there's a saying that says youth is wasted on the young so don't waste yours like invest it in um, fine-tuning your craft so that you can basically live your life um, the way that you want to in your later years and there's a couple of other things I'll pipe in with before we move on. The first is it's been a while since we featured Kristen Dalton on the podcast. I mean, she was one of the first biographies we did. But when we talked about her, maybe it was an interview we did with her. I don't remember exactly. But she said she set out to be Miss Universe. And for like five years leading up to when she was even on the Miss USA stage, she was like, every decision I made, I thought about it in the sense of, will this help me achieve my goal someday? And if it didn't, she didn't do it. Mm. And that is laser focus. And then I just saw a meme recently that said six months of dedicated, focused, hard work can put you ahead five years at the end of it. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how truthful that timing is, but I'm like, you know what? That something to be said for okay, waking up early getting to work before everybody else does, leaving later. Like imagine what that could do for you, whether it's a nine to five career or a passion you have. Yeah. And and also as a gosh, caveat to what I said, if you have a glass of wine when you're 21 or if your drinking age is lower in another country, it, it doesn't like, you know, it's fine. We're all on our unique journeys there too. But to Jesse's point and to the memes point, like if you sacrifice a little amount of time, it can really propel you so much further in life. 
Yep, you don't get to be Miss Universe just by waking up one day and being like, I'm going to do this. Right, yeah. It. I mean, and even like Olivia, even though we look at her and like, ah, oh, you've competed th- three times, you won three times, and now you're off. But think of all the like the years she spent learning the entertainment business, mm-hmm. going to school for acting, which is working on her impromptu, uh, uh, what is it? Improv skills and mm-hmm. uh, being in the music and then being around her family and, and yep. their businesses. So all of those things was cultivating her. And clearly she had the work ethic and all those yeah, other things. Choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can clearly see that even though she didn't have pageant experience, she had entertainment, public speaking experience, which really set her up for success. So if you just look at her without knowing the backstory, you think it's kind of unfair. But then when you realize she had been inadvertently training for this since she was arbitrary number eight years old, then it's like, wow, she's been spending like, you know, 18 years or 13 years of her life training for this moment. Mm-hmm. So in 20, in 2010, she signed with Maggie Incorporated, a Boston modeling agency, and Olivia did exceptionally well and stood out from the rest. She was able to bring energy and enthusiasm to each shoot, even between taking classes full-time at school, and our supervisors knew that the level of professionalism and personality were something that looks and money cannot buy, and that Olivia possessed those things naturally. Yeah, always looking for what was next for herself. She would track the paths of her role models she looked up to in the entertainment industry. She really wanted to work on her acting skills and her stage presence, and it was time she decided to enter a pageant to help her out. Yeah, so to wrap up everything we just said in another coaching moment, it's just the fact that we've seen a history of women winning their state title and or the title of Miss USA or insert any other national pageant that you're familiar with who have been well-prepared for years and who just show up with strategic and put-together wardrobe. And sometimes you just have to be your genuine and authentic self. It's looking at all those pieces and decisions you've made in life to lead you to this moment of greatness. And after all, it's the girl that wins the pageant, not the wardrobe, not the coach, et cetera. And while that all goes into play, it's that foundation of who you've built on the inside. Yeah. And and keep in mind, like Olivia's dream, what she was laser focused on was like tapping into the entertainment industry. And she was like, oh, cool. Let me just like, compete in a pageant to help further my craft not even like let me win the pageant let me just compete to work on my stage presence and all those other things so it seemed like she was constantly working on herself but she viewed pageantry as a catalyst to help her get where she was ultimately going to go Mm -hmm. and so we see this kind of career path this kind of planning take place in the philippines venezuela brazil um south africa these other countries that are like let me leverage pageantry to get further where i go versus what a lot of other girls have a tendency to do is try to make pageantry the end-all be-all like i want to win this pageant but there's no game plan after so Mm -hmm. pageantry really seems to work best when you're using it as a launching pad to help you get to the next step Exactly. Yeah. So, um, oh, my turn again. Uh, Olivia's pageant career began because she wanted to develop her stage presence and gain experience and exposure for acting. She looked up to Halle Berry, who got a large jump start to her acting career through pageantry. And while some girls compete up to eight times before winning their state title, before competing at Miss USA, Olivia only needed one chance. You can't. Ex- 
can't exactly say Olivia had the deck stacked in her favor. Her parents didn't understand why she felt the need to compete in pageants as they are narcissistic, as they as they said. And they were used used to more intellectual hobbies. Being a freshman in college meant that Olivia didn't have a lot of disposable income. She rented a strapless pink dress that was too short and had a small hole in the back. And she noticed that it was the simplest dress on stage, but it made her feel like a queen that she was. She won the title of Miss Rhode Island USA 2012 when she was just 18 years old. Beginner's luck, some might say, but it didn't matter. Olivia was on her way to compete for the title of Miss USA 2012. Yep. So uh, another quick coaching moment here. Olivia could have doubted her self-worth at the state pageant when she realized that she was standing on stage with a $20 dress and a hole, and it could have thrown off her whole mindset for the competition. But by staying humble and genuine, she was able to overcome this idea of what it means to win just by like speaking her heart, being herself and staying confident. And it was this that started her path to winning Miss Universe. So take the glitz and beauty away for a second when thinking about your next pageant and focus on how you want to show up and express yourself and represent yourself. And I find that a lot of novices get intimidated when they show up with something that might not be exactly quote unquote, like pageant typical. And they let that really overtake their whole demeanor for the experience. And like take a page out of Olivia Culpo's book and say like, not today, I'm proud of who I am and how I'm standing here, and I'm just as worthy as anyone else. Mm, so good. Olivia was different from other contestants. She was 19 years old, carried herself with a useful vibe. The other contestants not only looked more mature, but they presented themselves as such. She wore a lilac bikini, a flowy fuchsia-colored dress, and won her way to being the shortest contestant in the top five. She was wooing over some pretty big names in the entertainment industry, including Rob Kardashian, George Katsopoulos, and Diana Mendoza. And what really won the judges over was her final answer, and this is at Miss USA, stating how transgender women should be able to win the title of Miss USA since it is a free country. At that point, no one could deny that Olivia rated all the qualities of a Miss USA through and and throughout. And she was crowned the 61st Miss USA 2012 and moved to New York City to live in Miss in the Miss USA apartment. And Olivia enjoyed her time living with roommates Logan West in Miss Teen USA 2012 and Leah Lopez, Miss Universe 2011. Luckily, Olivia would not have to travel across the world to compete for Miss, Miss Universe. In fact, she was preparing to return to the Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino on the Las Vegas Strip. She and almost 90 other contestants from around the world arrived in Nevada for the 61st annual Miss Universe competition. And something to be said for home court advantage, I would imagine. <laughs> I was just thinking that same thing. <laughs> Olivia prepared by reviewing her notes from Miss USA and by studying current events on flashcards. She focused on the deficits the USA had on certain topics, including gun control, sexual trafficking, and issues regarding women. Her personal platform was HIV and AIDS awareness. And the Miss Universe pageant was televated, televised live to approximately 1 billion viewers worldwide, so uh, no pressure. 1 billion, that was with a B, yeah, FYI. Yeah. Um, at the time, the pageant was owned by Donald Trump and brought a lot of sponsors and viewers to watch the most popular annual pageant in the world. In her third pageant ever, Olivia Coppola was crowned Miss Universe 2012, making her the eighth woman to win Miss, US, Miss Universe for USA. She ended the 15-year Miss Universe dry spell for her country and found herself back at the apartment in New York, this time as Miss Universe. 
And I don't know if you remember, Stephen, because this would have been like the uh, beginning of Pageant Planet, like in the first couple years, Olivia changed her hair from prelims to final. She wore the same gown, which I know is one thing that a lot of people do differently. Um, she went with the same gown and on prelims, she wore her hair in like a low chignon. And, um, and then final, she had that iconic big bun on top of her head. And I remember like, cause I was deep into the void words at that time, not proud of it, but it's the truth. <laughs> and people were like outraged at her hairstyle at prelims. They thought it looked so, looked so dowdy to matronly, all of that. So when they saw her on finals night, she had this whole fresh look. I don't know if that was pre-planned. I don't know if pressures um, from other people got to her. If I don't know if her coach stepped in, I don't know if, I don't know what caused, I would love to know. Um, if I meet Olivia, I will ask her that question. It's probably the first question I will ask, but she, um, I think we talk about her specific gown later, but I mean, that was the craziest thing was being able to make that subtle change to really overall like impact her impression do you remember that steven I, I don't remember what her hair was like in prelims um but i do obviously remember the the bun and uh the, the red dress and and all that stuff like the the iconic look that she had on stage at the end so i'm not able to speak to the prelim and i don't know any backstory behind that either mm. but i mean the high bun i mean she made it like iconic yeah so it's like that's one of the things Whenever I view Olivia, that's the one thing I always, that's the one picture I always go to in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So, I mean, kind of a coaching moment here is like Olivia did not, she didn't wear a standard pageant dress. I mean, she wore that couture gown from the fall collection of George Hobika. And a lot of these like red carpet designer items run about the same, if not less, honestly, than standard couture pageant gowns so don't be afraid to step out of the box oh my gosh absolutely and when I was looking up things about this designer because I never heard of him particularly but the list of designers he's dressed on the red carpet the red carpet is endless and very impressive so it's like why do we as a pageant community always cycle through the same four designers when we just keep hearing that the relevance of pageantry is like, okay, more red carpet, more celeb driven. And yet we're seeing a lot of same designs recycled year after year. So way to go, Olivia. Yeah. So what was interesting when, um, I had the opportunity when Tony Bowles sponsored Miss America and basically dressed all the title holders for that particular year. Um, I got the opportunity to hear what every one of them wanted and they're like i'm thinking something new and fresh so mm. red carpet old hollywood glamour but i'm like oh my gosh if i hear these adjectives one more time those were the two that i really remember that stuck out like repeatedly repeatedly and it was just like oh my gosh they're all looking for the same thing right um so yeah but i think one of the reasons why people are like oh i gotta do a sherry hill or a giovanni or a MacDougall, um is that that's what's won on stage. But it's kind of like, oh, I got to wear white because white wins. Well, that's because the majority of the girls at the time always wore white. So yeah, the odds are in the favor that more white dresses are going to win. So why not like take a, you want to have a unique pageant dress and you don't want to have something like anybody else. Why not for the same amount of budget to your point, go to these other designers that will can create you something that's in the same price range. But to that point too, I mean, Nia Sanchez won Miss USA in a Michael Costello gown. And I think she wore that to Miss Universe where she was first runner up. 
And then Olivia Jordan wore a Berta wedding gown at Miss Universe. So like you're seeing women succeed in non-traditional designers. Mm -hmm. But it's not what's widely known, you know, because it's not like if let's say five of the last Miss Universes won in a George Hobika gown, then it's like, oh, you know, in George Hobika, he doesn't focus his marketing advertising dollar in the pageantry market like Sherry Hill, MacDougall, and Giovanni does. So that's why everybody floods to them. And they're probably not as accessible, too. You think about it. There's how many Sherry Hill, MacDougall, um, Giovanni retailers in anyone's home state that they could go to any time and try on different types of designs where you probably have maybe two George Hobika showrooms in the U.S. So maybe yeah. that's part of it, too. Mm-hmm. But... Well, and and also it's like probably like Sherry Hill, Mac. I mean, you're looking at Giovanni, which is probably it's about a hundred million dollar company, sixty to hundred million dollar company. They do that in revenue a year, somewhere around there. So the amount of inventory they have is flooded. Mm. You know, just just flooded the marketplace. And you know, even if you are going to get like you know somewhat of a custom design like from these people, like Sherry. I mean, she's kind of known for this. A girl will do a custom design with Sherry, and then that girl will see that custom design, uh, like on Sherry's line, like the next year or the next season or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the thing too. And then, like, then a bunch of other girls have it. Um, so they they all kind of do that. It's not just Sherry, but um, so. But if you're working with these other smaller designers, I feel like you're going to have less of that because if they do create something one off, they don't mass produce like these other um, prom slash pageant brands that are out there. So if you want your unique design to be more unique and customized to you, like you don't see. Um, like Olivia's, Olivia Jordan, Olivia Coppola's, like their gowns like mass produced out there because it's it's by those different designers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, interesting. So again, at this time, the pageant was owned by Donald Trump and the winners of Miss Universe had a packed schedule of modeling opportunities, public appearances, traveling, um, and all sorts of other things to do. And Olivia traveled across the world to Indonesia, Russia, Ecuador, Morocco, the Bahamas, Canada, England, India, and of course, throughout the United States. So jam-packed. Yeah, each appearance she attended, she became well-known for her sense of fashion and style. The Miss Universe organization would document Olivia's appearances and travels through video to share with sponsors and fans. And at one point when she was in India, she did a photo shoot in front of the Taj Mahal, which is not encouraged um, or legal to do so, actually. And unfortunately, this got Olivia and the organization some heat and backfire. But with Olivia's pure intentions and clean records since childhood, this isn't something that most people even speak about today. And honestly, as a pageant fanatic during that time, I don't even remember that. I actually, so I remember it, um, but like, I, I don't know why I remember it, but things like that. Um, they can work with your brand. So I kind of hate to admit this, but it, it's it's true. So it, there's this saying that no publicity is bad publicity. So you see this anytime like a um, somebody famous, like a, particularly a musician gets in trouble, their record sales goes up. Because the reason is like, let's say, you know, Kanye West um, gets in trouble and then people are like, gosh, Kanye West. And then they start trash talking him or whatever. And they're like, gosh, what songs does he even sing? 
uh, I don't know. Let, let me Google it. And like, oh my God, I love this song. And then you start playing this music or whatever, right? And so the same kind of happened with Olivia. She did this photo in uh, Taj Mahal and she got some great photos, but then the photos got, it was such a controversial thing. Photos went everywhere and people are like, gosh, why would this girl even do that? Wow, she's kind of pretty. What's her backstory? Oh, when did she mm-hmm. win? And then they start researching and are following on social media. So all those things, I mean, she had another thing with her, um, I remember with one of her wardrobes, she she didn't wear a bra underneath, and one of the photographers took a a photo, and it turned the the dress or whatever uh, not invisible, but kind of see through, so you could see, you know, what's there. I mean, you, you could see basically it's a nipple, it's a body part, so it's, you could see her nipple in the dress, and it was like a big thing. And she was just walking to an event. The dress was kind of dressed where you couldn't wear, like, didn't wear a bra, whatever. Um, so that, and that too, like, helped it. So each of those things was like that controversy around her and around her fashion. It was a consistent theme. So Olivia fashion, she's getting in trouble for fashion or a wardrobe malfunction, which helped her social media um, continue to increase, which enhanced her popularity. Um, because more and more people would go to check her out and say, oh my gosh, this girl's got a really great fashion style and she's gorgeous. Let me follow her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, stuff like that can happen. Mm-hmm. So the following year, Olivia passed on the title as Miss Universe to Gabriela Isler of Venezuela in Moscow, Russia. After going three for three in each pageant she competed in, she definitely had enough pageantry and was ready for her life without a crown. To um, Without a crown. And Olivia's original reason for competing in pageants, let's remember, was to help her acting career. And after her three consecutive wins, she returned to have a degree of success in acting and modeling. She appeared in movies, The Other Woman, and I Feel Pretty. She was also in music videos, Jealous for Nick Jonas and Amour for um, NM Ag... Can you help me out on that? Sure. I think it's Amin... Agal- Aguilarov. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, that okay. sounds good. Uh, she also had a few cameo appearances on shows like Model Squad and Hell's Kitchen. Olivia's popularity really took off in the fashion and modeling industries because of this exposure. And in 2018, Olivia was announced as a Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Rookie. And now Olivia was in her mid to late 20s and was able to step out of her girl next door look and show off the woman she had become. And the shoot was titled In Her Own Words, where Olivia was nude and had painted words all over her. Olivia's hot but inspiring photo shoot sparked her partnership with Sports Illustrated in 2019 in a bikini photo shoot. And shortly after this was announced, Olivia signed with a talent company, The Society management. I love that name. Mm-hmm. Another coveted spot that thousands of women try for each year is to make the Maxim's Hot 100 World Sexiest Women list. Olivia had dreamed of an opportunity like this for years, and in July 2019, her dream came true. Not only did she make the list, she made the cover as the number one spot. Who knew that she could go from being the band camp cellist to being on the cover of some of the top fashion magazines in the world like Grazia, Marilist, Living, and Marie Claire, Mexico. As mentioned before, Olivia loves designing and creating wardrobe pieces as much as she loves wearing them. One of her earlier collaborations was with Pretty Little Thing and included 30 pieces of items to mix and match, wear independently or to layer. Olivia's vision for this 2015 collection was inspired by the colors of Rome in springtime with a fresh fruit and flowers blooming and blossoming. 
And in 2018, she partnered with Marled to present the Marled by Olivia Culpo collection. Olivia was able to create a capsule collection for spring 2018 and fall 2018 that features chic and versatile pieces for the modern day woman. The collaboration was sold on Revolve.com and received the Revolve Collaboration of the Year Award in 2018 in Las Vegas, Nevada. The Express X Olivia Culpo collaboration launched in 2019 and the collection was inspired for all the fearless women out there with lots to accomplish. Olivia is always dressed to the nines whenever she goes and wanted to put a collection that makes women feel powerful and stylish. Whether you're the woman traveling on the go, going to the gym or going to a business meeting, there would be an outfit for you. So even though she's partnered with some of the biggest fashion brands um, and culture today, she stayed in the eye of the media for many public relationships with famous singers and athletes. She dated singer Nick Jonas from 2013 to 2015. We already mentioned she was in his music video for Jealous, one of his breakout hits, and was the inspiration for that song. And can you really blame other guys for staring at Olivia, though? Like, she's gorgeous. So... What did you expect with Miss Universe? (laughs) And she also dated football players Tim Tebow, um, who also has that, you know, uh, love for uh, pageant girls. Yep. And Danny um, Almond. Amendola, Amendola, and he's a he's a New England Patriot, Stephen. So yes. I'm a little disappointed. Actually, I don't know if he still is, but he was. You know, I know I owned a football team, but like even then, I I didn't really follow it. I just like the business of football, <laughs> like you know. So eh, it happens. But um, and she is now with Christian McCaffrey, and in 2018, Olivia split from the Detroit Lions receiver Danny um, Amendola with a public with the public well involved and they were back and forth rumors that the two were on again, off again, on again, off again. And then Danny fumbled the relationship due to his lack of commitment to marriage. Danny addressed rumors and comments regarding him putting down Olivia and her want for money and fame. And the two seem to have gone their separate ways now and want no part in any drama or clickbait that comes with being public and in the internet. And all in all, Olivia has never had to rely on a man for her fame, success, or happiness. Plus, she's happily quarantining with the Carolina Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey. So she has a things for uh, football players. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) They're super cute, though. I I follow um, both of them on, on Instagram, and they're really, really attractive couple, as you can imagine, but also really sweet couple too. So wishing them the best. And she's never let go of the dream she had as a little girl either. And in 2017, she opened up a restaurant in North Kingston, Rhode Island called Back 40 in partnership with her father and her cousin. And the rustic look of a restored barn focuses on providing comfort food and family dinners because Olivia loves cooking her own meals and loves to create new recipes. Mm. Someone who is always in the public eye can have a lot of external and internal pressure. And although Olivia had every external source of validation, this sometimes could not validate her internal feelings of depression and anxiety. She has openly spoke about her battle with depression leading to weight loss and social isolation. She has been able to maintain her mental health through meditation and exercising, and it can be easy to be swept up in the media and opinions of the public, which is why it is extra important for her to take the time for herself to remember that she sparkles with queen-like abilities inside and out. You know, some of the best advice I've I've ever received was um, if you just do the exact opposite of what the masses do, you'll increase your likelihood of success exponentially. Mm. And the older I get, 
when I first started my journey of like entrepreneurship, I'm like, oh, like when you make a lot of money, you've like arrived. And the the more money I've made and the more I've been around other people, because like what happens naturally when you make more, your success mindset shifts, then you start to hang around other people that, that make a lot more and they're leaders in their own craft. And it's just kind of a natural progression of things. But when I realized like the amount of people like, making money we'll say is relatively easy i mean i'm using that as a blanket statement um like people can get rich doing a lot of different things but to get rich and to maintain your physical health like how many wealthy entrepreneur men do you see that are like also physically in shape most of them are overweight right most of them just kind of let themselves go for whatever the reason but so seeing someone that's actually had physical success or um, financial success and physical success, but then like how many of those people are divorced or just kind of like not even together with their spouse, like not even knowing what their home life is like or whatever, but they're just not able to maintain their family front, right? So that's an even smaller number. It's somebody that has money, keeps themselves in physical shape, and they're able to stay married, Right. Like we can't even judge happiness or not, but like just able to stay (laughs) with their spouse. That's an even smaller number. And then you have an even smaller number of people that have all these things and they're actually like mentally just at peace with where they are, with their creator, with like who they are, what they have to offer the world, et cetera. And it's like to to become famous to become to make money to become popular whatever like your goal is or even um you know miss universe miss usa miss world miss international but to not have all of those things um is a real loss anyways olivia has recently launched a new campaign organization called more than a mask to help the vulnerable vulnerable because of the COVID-19 pandemic, she has partnered with Feeding America, and every mask sold will provide 100 meals to those in need. There is nothing that we love more than a pageant queen who uses her platform and audience to make a difference in the world. Fans love seeing Olivia return to the Miss USA and Miss Universe pageants to provide contestant interviews and commentary backstage with Ashley Graham. And each year, Olivia looks like she could go back on stage and win the pageant all over again. Yeah, She's eager to dress up again and go to appearances, but is still enjoying life at home, sharing her daily recipes and looks with 4.7 million followers on Instagram. Olivia was once a band geek from Rhode Island who couldn't get a ride home with her friends because her cello wouldn't fit in the back seat. Now she is on everyone's radar as one of the most iconic fashion, model, and pageant icons the industry has ever seen. If she can go from opposite ends of the so-called popular spectrum, so can you. And if you would like to be a future contestant for our next podcast, create a contestant profile with all of your information, hidden facts, and what makes you special, then email support at pageantplanet.com with the title podcast features so we can review your profile. And we will let you know after you submit if you're scheduled. Also, a special shout out to Maria Jorlando for doing the research and thank you for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or from ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It might seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep the show going. So until next time, take care. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world. 